So hello everyone. My name is Shuzo Brad, and I am one of the priests uh, with the Dragonfly Sangha. Uh, and this evening, we're going to continue our reflection on the uh, the Buddha's words, specifically on the Eightfold Path. Uh, and I'd like to to share some thoughts with you about the practice of right livelihood. Um, so continuing our our discourse on the um, uh, the practice of compassionate action as it pertains to living nobly. Um, and, and as we've, we've talked about the last few weeks, um, the, the Eightfold Path and the Four Noble Truths were part of the Buddha's first sermon, right? And, and we're very diagnostic in nature. We're very much about, you know, uh, uh, explaining suffering and how to relieve suffering or suffer less um, by finding the, the right or best way uh, to to go about living nobly, um, to reduce suffering. So, uh, I wanted to talk a bit about what the Buddha had to say about mindfully making a living, um, as well as how we can live out of our true self and practice the Dharma while working. Um, so, so what do we mean when we're talking about livelihood? Um, well, to to kind of use the the high school valedictorian approach. <laughs> the, the dictionary says that livelihood is a means of securing the necessities of life. Right now for, uh, you know, monks, the, the, the original Buddhist communities, and, and even still some Buddhist communities in, in Southeast Asia uh, that are, are primarily monastic, uh, livelihood was, was a slightly different um, proposition. Right? You... Often, there oftentimes would be a, a patron who is sponsoring a community uh, that, that you might belong to, and your way of getting your sustenance uh, would be you know, through daily begging, taking your bowl and, and getting offerings from, the, uh, uh, from the, the townsfolk, and maybe in exchange for some teaching and other uh, religious services, things like that. But you were sort of uh, taken care of in that way. Uh, for a lot of us, for lay people, uh, for a lot of us in, in you know, modern societies, uh, we work for a living. And, and uh, you know, even, even back in the time of the Buddha, there were folks who were, were lay persons who, who needed to work for, for a living. And so he provided guidance around how to do so nobly, um, you know, in an, in an awakened way uh, that, that doesn't cause suffering. Um, and, you know, I, I looked up some data in preparing for this talk, because uh, I love data, and um, I saw a study by the, the, or a statistic from the University of Gettysburg saying that the average person works about 90,000 hours in their, in their life, or about a third of their lives. Uh, and that's a lot, right? <laughs> you know, we, we spend a lot of time earning, uh, you know, the, the funds to pay for food and clothing and shelter. Uh, and, and so we're compelled to earn a living. We spend a lot of time doing it. And so it's important to do that mindfully. Uh, and like any of the things that the, the Buddha talked about in the Eightfold Path, you know, all of them are opportunities to cause suffering or to live out our Buddha nature and relieve suffering. Is it helping or is it harming? Uh, so, so let's talk a bit about what the Buddha had to say about right livelihood and earning a living nobly. So at a, at a kind of a, a high level, uh, the, the Buddha said that we should support ourselves uh, legally, peacefully, 
and honestly. And the right livelihood being the fifth aspect of the the uh, eightfold path, right after right speech and right action, it kind of rolls together both of those things. Um, and so right livelihood sort of implies right speech and right action. So, you know, right speech in the course of making a living, we should avoid false, divisive, harsh, and idle speech. Um, and of course, in earning our living, we should avoid taking life, taking what isn't given to us, and sexual misconduct, right? And so, right livelihood has strong ties with the uh, uh, some of the moral precepts that are a part of, of Buddhism, uh, the five moral precepts, namely not killing, stealing, misusing sex, lying, or abusing intoxicants. And so one of the ways that you should look at your livelihood is to make sure that you are not engaged in work that requires you to break the precepts, since those harm others, they harm yourself, uh, or do anything that requires others or encourages others to break the five precepts. Uh, so that's one very, uh, you know, kind of simple moral way to look at how you earn a living. Uh, and, and, and the Buddha was actually fairly specific uh, about some of the, the jobs that you should not take uh, in order to live nobly. Um, so there were five jobs that the, the Buddha sort of asked us to avoid. Um, to not be involved with the manufacture or sell, sale of weapons. So, you know, don't create things that kill people. Um, don't deal in selling living beings. So that means human trafficking, slavery, uh, prostitution. Um, dealing in meat. So the sale or slaughter of, of animals. Uh, that we should avoid dealing in intoxicants, so, you know, selling addictive drugs, um, pushing alcohol on people, um, or manufacturing or selling poisons uh, for people or animals, poisons. And, you know, might be thinking like, hey, that's, you know, that's not bad. I don't do any of those things. Um, you know, but but as was true in the, the Buddha's day and, and is still true today, it can be hard to find work. Um so how picky do we really need to be when it comes to this stuff? You know what I mean? Is it okay? Like, hey, if that's the only job that's available and my family's going to go poor otherwise, then, you know, is it okay if maybe I take the job that's available? Um, and here's the thing, too. The, 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 the tough question for those of us in, uh, you know, today with modern companies being huge, right? Thousands, tens of thousands of people all around the world, global supply chains, that, that go through multiple uh, countries. Automation, right? So human hands aren't doing a lot of the creation and distribution of things. Uh, and also specialization. You might make a part and you don't know what happens to that part after it leaves the, the factory. Um, it makes it really hard for us to be aware of how our job impacts people around us, right? So, you know, let's say we're able to avoid working for an industry that on the outside looks to be bad. It doesn't, it doesn't deal in any of those five things that the Buddha said that we should avoid. Um, so we're fortunate that we don't have to engage in any of those enterprises. Um, it's still really hard to know, are our companies, because they're so big, are they on the up and up, right? And can we control everything that the company does? You know, and, and we've used the example um, of, you know, interbeing, how everything is connected, Right. And, and I, I know uh, 
Uh, there's a, a common example of, you know, you have a book and the book requires paper. And the paper was made from pulp that was uh, produced from a tree being cut down and was, you know, manufactured and delivered and sold. And so all of the people who go into just making one book, and if I'm the forester and I'm cutting down the tree, that's going to be made into the, the pulp that's going to make the paper that's going to, you know, wind up down the line. Like uh, the, the, the person cutting the wood can't know if the book is going to be printed with hate, right? So it's it's hard to, you, it's impossible actually to know the, the real impact of your work a lot of times, especially if you work for a larger company. Um, so intention is important and right intention comes back into the work that we do and our intention should be to not harm other people. Um, you know, and, and we should be bringing right intention and action and speech into any job, even if it is a job and, and you find out like, goodness, my company is involved in some stuff that I don't agree with. Um, if you're in a position to make a change, then make a change. Um, if you can live mindfully, even in that, that company, then, then great. Uh, if you, if, however, it doesn't feel right to you, uh, and, and you worry that you are contributing to, you know, an industry that is causing harm, uh, then, you know, maybe the right choice is to start to look for something else. But understand that that takes time, and, and the Buddha understood that that takes time, um, you know, and, and knew that we couldn't just necessarily drop a job one minute and get one the next. And that's why he, he provided that sort of high-level overview of right livelihood, which is, again, legally, peacefully, and honestly. And at a minimum, avoid deliberately harming yourself or other people. Make sure your intention is right. And if you have the opportunity to uh, extend that to be able to benefit other people, to not only not cause harm, but to benefit others with your work. But right livelihood goes beyond just choosing the right job, choosing the right industry, you know, leaving an industry that maybe you, you worry is causing harm in the world. There are opportunities for us to, you know, live out of our Buddha nature and to be very mindful as we work. Um, you know, so let's say that we work for a, a wholesome company that generally does good in the, in the world. It's very possible for people to do bad things there and, and for that to not be considered living mindfully. Right. So we need to make sure that our, our behaviors and our actions are still um, noble. And so what are some of the things that we can do to, to be mindful on a daily basis? Uh, well, one is to, you know, make sure you're focused on your work. Uh, so don't be distracted. There are obviously huge safety implications with being distracted while you're working. Right. Um, don't waste time. If you're being paid for a job, you know, do that job. Don't, uh, don't, don't, you know involve deceit and in how you're making your money. Um, don't, you know, try to avoid constantly wishing that you're somewhere else, right? We've all been in this situation. Oh, thank goodness it's Friday, right? Or it's Wednesday, it's hump day, we're almost there. And so there's a, there's sort of a playful banter that, that enters a lot of work conversations around like, boy, we would love to be anywhere but here, right? Um, and I, I know, you know, when I find myself in those situations where I have a lot to do and I'm in a meeting or I'm having a conversation and, and these days a lot of conversations are digital, they're on a screen and I'm looking at someone on a screen and thinking, boy, I have all this stuff to do and I just, I feel this tension that I need to like, I want to get off this call so I can go and get this work done. 
I try to, you know, tell myself, like, right now, this person, this conversation, this job is the most important in the world. This person, I, I should be nowhere else than talking to this person. Everything this person says is incredibly important. Um, and it's amazing when I think that way, the physical change, the tension melts away uh, when, I, when I go into those interactions that way, more mindfully. Uh, and, and out of a, a place of connection and oneness as opposed to separation and trying to get away, right? Uh, if you manage others as, as part of your role, as part of your livelihood, uh, you know, make sure that you're giving work to those uh, folks uh, according to their abilities. You know, don't be asking folks to be something that they're not. Um, pay them fairly. Promote them when there are opportunities for them to be promoted and give them time off, give them vacation, give them bonuses if you're able to, right? Treat your people well. Um, ensure you're not harming yourself. Uh, that's something that, that we see very often is that, you know, we work long hours. We're ignoring our health. We're creating conflict with our coworkers, with our, our family, with our friends and peers, you know, because we're, we're so focused on our work. Or we're working really hard to avoid being home and dealing with other things in our lives. Maybe some issues that we have to deal with or filling a hole because we don't feel complete. So we're like, I'm going to throw myself into my work um, and have that be the only thing. Uh, we want to allow our, like I said, our, our true self to live through our ego self while we work. Um, so let's say we encounter an angry customer or an angry peer or someone who isn't really themselves that day uh you know so practice not knowing don't just assume like oh this person's a jerk you know or, or write them off or or you know say well fine you know then i'll treat you the way that you treat me you know practice not knowing you may not understand what's going on in that person's life uh and bear witness uh and then be willing again to uh, to act from a place of of oneness you know i've been in that situation what would I want uh, someone to do uh, if, if I were that person? You know, maybe just someone to, to reach out and say, hey, and listen, or understand like, yeah, you know, I understand that you're frustrated. I would feel that way too if I was in that position. Now, in addition to the, uh, the, the Buddha's teachings on right livelihood as part of the Eightfold Path, uh, in another uh, a teaching in, in the Ananya Sutra specifically. Uh, the Buddha lays out four kinds of happiness for the working layperson, right? So he spends a little bit more time on, okay, so how can we work mindfully and, and what are some things that we can focus on doing uh, for those of us who have to work for a living? We're not monks. We're not, you know, studying full-time or practicing the Dharma full-time. We have a, a job to do. So he, he identified four uh kinds of happiness for the working layperson. Uh, the first one is gaining wealth that is lawfully acquired. Uh, so that's really right livelihood, some of the things that we've we've already discussed, right? Uh, the second one is enjoying what we've earned, right? So, you know, not being stingy and hoarding our wealth, you know, but, but enjoying it, sharing it with others, but also not over-consuming, right? Getting caught up with, well, I need to have the best of everything, you know, and, and make sure that we're not trying to fill a, a void with stuff, you know, that we're just working to buy and accumulate more stuff 
because we think that that's going to make us happy. But enjoying the things that we, we earn uh, and can afford. Um, be free from debt is the third one. Uh, is a third kind of happiness for the working lay person, you know. So again, being careful to not um, spend more than than we we can afford to, and it's one of the things that we can enjoy about our jobs is being able to say like, "Hey, I'm I'm caught up," you know, "I'm not in debt," uh, and that's a happiness that we can enjoy. And the fourth one is is doing work that's blameless, and so not feeling that sense of remorse, or or working in a way that invites criticism from other people, being that good peer right? Uh, working mindfully. You know, but we, we also have to recognize that as a, as a part of our practice, that our jobs, our roles uh, is, is such a big part of our identity, right? We said 90,000 hours, a third of our lives is wrapped up in, in one job or another over the course of our lifetimes. Um, you know, and, and there's such a big narrative around work and the need to work and, and be, be productive and find your dream job, right? Like, oh, it, it, you find the work you love, you'll never never work a, a day in your life, right? Or something like that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's such a big part of our, of our ego self, um, you know, to be employed and to love our job. Uh, and, and I know for me, you know, a few years ago, I'd, I'd worked for a company for about seven years and that company closed and, uh, I was sort of a utility player at that company. So I wore a lot of different hats. So when I found myself back on the job market, I didn't have a lot of specialized skills that I could put on my resume. And so it took a while for me to finally, uh, uh get into the, the job that I have now. And boy, I didn't realize when I was in that position where I wasn't working, where I was unemployed. I mean, I was working. I, I was doing some side some side jobs. But like the hit that my ego self took <laughs> in that moment that I, I was like, I felt so worthless. I felt embarrassed. I didn't want to tell people that I wasn't working, right? So we're, we're so caught up in this notion of, well, to work is to be, you know, worth something and you're doing it right. Right. And certainly, you know, the, the Buddha acknowledged that we have these needs and the, the, you know, the society oftentimes will dictate our need to, uh, you know, earn a, a living and be able to provide for ourselves and our families and, and keep a roof overhead and keep ourselves fed and clothed. Um, but we need to be mindful of the fact that um, we, we can't get too wrapped up in this realm of, of doing and having. Right, and I mentioned this in my last uh, talk on right speech too. So much of of what we do and say it comes from our assessment of our ego self and not our true self, not our our flawless Buddha nature. Right, we get addicted to this narrative of success that I have to have these things, um, or I have to be doing these things to be worth anything. And if I'm not, then ugh. You know, everything just feels awful. I feel bad about myself. I get angry at other people. I say things. I do things uh, that I, I don't intend to do and that I later regret. But it's useful to remember that we are already the Buddha. The Buddha is in us. Uh, and as we practice to become the Buddha, that doesn't mean that we aren't already the Buddha. We are constantly uh, and simultaneously being and becoming. 
And that part of us that is the Buddha, our true self, our Buddha nature, is perfect. And nothing can affect that. Being employed or unemployed, being wealthy or poor, you know, having a good day at work or having a bad interaction at work, um, having a job that you enjoy or a job that you don't like. You know, so so we do want to focus on, you know, working in a way that is noble and relieves suffering. And we do want to make sure that we're able to take care of ourselves and our families uh, and can do so in a way that, that doesn't cause harm uh, and isn't involved with, you know, weapons or, or you know, selling uh, uh uh, people or manufacturing poisons or intoxicants, right? But that the way that we show up every day to work and, and in all of our interactions um, is, is being lived out of our true self and not this sense of, well, I'm not worth it. Or just because I don't have the job that I want or because I had a bad day that, you know, we need to treat people poorly. So it's much more important when we talk about right livelihood. It's how we do our job, not necessarily what our job is, and that we show up to work as Buddhas every day and put that little bit of, of goodness into the world for ourselves and, and for those around us. So as always, I, I hope that you found these words helpful. Uh, if you would like to learn more about our practice or, or talk to someone, uh, you can do so by visiting our website at AskSenseiTony.com. Uh, and I hope that you all have a great week at work, at home, um, and uh, until I see you all next time. Thank you.